there are moments where you will take action to do what's best for you. And on paper, it all makes sense. You're writing yes. it out. Yes. Okay. This is good for my mental health because this is safe for my family, because this is the right thing to do, because my therapist even agrees. The community agrees. Everyone in my circle agrees. But at the end of the day, when this person lets me know that I made them feel bad, I feel like a piece of, you know what? Yeah. I feel horrible. Yeah. I feel like I've done the wrong thing. I'm better than that. I should be the bigger person. I need to squash it. No, no. I know what's hard, but you have to tell yourself. You have to rationalize this stuff. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I'm Matt. I'm and we are here to guide you through the holiday hangover that you were feeling. Yes. Because we're totally not. We're not feeling what? Holiday hangover. We're not? Oh, we totally are, but we can't say that out loud because we're here for them. <laughs> Everyone's feeling it right now. Let's just be real. Everyone is feeling this. But like, not from alcohol. No, no, no. This malaise after all these events and the money that was spent and the mental labor associated with all the different crap you have to buy and, and do the food and wrap. You eat that just messes with your brain and your body. All of it. Every bit of it. Yes. All of the above. I just wanted to sit around today and do nothing. I know what you mean. But or here we watch are. Or watch like something on YouTube and like numb my brain. Just binge on something new? Yes. I kind of feel the same way, but at the same time, I know that if I give into that, I'll often stay in that place longer. We've done an episode on this oh, before. I totally get that too. And there is something to acting yourself into right thinking. Yeah. Acting as if, doing as if. So tomorrow we're going to have to get our butts up early and actually get on a little routine. Yeah. Our routine. Kid, our kid has a camp back. tomorrow, so we do have to get up early. We, there's yeah. no excuse to sleep we're, in. We're back in it, man. We're back in it. We're back on it. Um, so we're here for you. And I hope that you're here as well. Yeah. We've got an important topic to talk about today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about guilt. Yes. Guilt is a huge question that a lot of people have. Yeah. This was requested in our community a few times, actually. Yeah. To what Paige mentioned, the basis of it comes from if you're in a relationship with someone who's abusive you know intuitively that that's not good for you, but you feel incredibly guilty for leaving someone when you feel like they need you the most Mm -hmm. or for what you could have done different or what you could have done better. And how do you deal with the feelings of guilt? How do you deal with that? Where does guilt come from? Uh, Is it right or wrong? Is there good guilt versus bad guilt? We're going to get into all that, all of that. But before we do, As the partner of someone struggling with alcohol or substance use, do you feel lost, scared, confused, or unsure of yourself? Have you ever wondered, how did she get through the trauma? How do I find myself again? Many people ask these questions. We get these in our inbox all the time. Maybe you've even Googled them yourself and come up empty-handed. Well, we've done something to address that. We've got a new course called Independently Strong. You can find out more by heading over to www.independentlystrong.com. And for a limited time, Wheelies get a 75% discount with the code Wheelies75. It's got a perspective from Paige and how she got through this. It's got my perspective to teach you more about addiction and what your partner's going through. And it's got research back clinical perspective from Dr. Christopher Taylor. We talk managing triggers. Am I helping or enabling self-awareness, boundaries? How do I set them? How do I make life-changing decisions, maintenance? We got worksheets, exercises, you name it. And you even get access to us. So if you're wanting to take your recovery to the next level, check us out at independentlystrong.com. We kind of mentioned routines. Paige has challenged the community to an accountability, what should I call this in it? 
Accountability check-in accountability for challenge? self-care. Oh, that's good. I like that better. Accountability check-in for self-care. Is that what I said? Yeah, that's okay. solid. That's better. Yeah, it's not really so much a challenge, but it's, it is kind of challenge. It's, it's, it's challenging people to show us what you're doing for self-care. Yeah. So did you read something today? Did you journal? Did you do some artwork? Did you exercise? Whatever you did, or did you maybe some self-indulgence? Maybe you've taken care of yourself. Maybe you got dressed, yeah. showered up, put makeup on, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Post in the group. We'd love to see your smiling face or whatever it is you're working on or reading or, or what have you. And let others know. It's really cool because other people will see it and they will get FOMO and be like, well, I too need to take care of myself, mm-hmm. which is the good kind of FOMO. Yeah. Let's, I want people to feel that. Yes. I should be taking care of myself. You're right. You should. Yeah. This is, is, is going to help you get there. Right. The other piece is that when you do it, you get the support of other people that are also doing it. Yeah. It's cool. And it's supportive. It's a good positive thing for a group that often feels very negative. Yeah. And it's not that it's negative. It just is. Yeah. We are big believers, believers that there aren't positive emotions or negative emotions or whatnot. It's all in between. It just is. They're just emotions. It's just reality. They all have a place. Right. It's like the orchestra, right? Exactly. Even the bassoon. No offense to bassoon players, but they have a place. Like I it, asked you what that was last week. Yeah, you did. Like, what's I the read bassoon? It, I, I pointed like, oh, it. It's that one right interesting. there. Interesting. It's like yeah. a big oboe. It's like a longer clarinet with a different reed. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> More buttons too. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I much could be about wrong. These I, instruments. I played French horn, so I'm not sure about the the woodwinds too much. Oh, and I learned that you put your hand inside a French horn too. You do. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. I was watching these people play, and I'm like, like okay, you stick your hand in that thing. That's quite interesting. <laughs> Uh, okay, not so, get derailed too too terribly bad here. So we've had this topic requested a few times about the guilt of leaving a toxic relationship. And I think that we haven't discussed this because we're still married. So it obviously felt like, okay, are we, you know, is this fraud information? But in reality, Matt and I do have a lot of experience in this in other parts of our lives. Uh ton. Yes. So we aren't pulling stuff out our butt to share with you. This is actually from experience and obviously research as well, because every time we do an episode, we do do research to make sure, you know, we're on point too. <laughs> yeah. Let's make sure that our experiences here were right. in fact valid and correct. And right. they have some research and clinical back information to it. Right. So it's not just relationships with your partner. This could be you leaving a job. This could be other, you know, friends. This could be family members. This could be so many different relationships in your life. And it's going to feel the same way because it could be a toxic, abusive environment that you're in. Mm -hmm. So the guilt that you feel, I want you to know if you do feel these feelings, totally valid, totally valid and totally totally normal. I would say yeah. in in the context of what's been happening in your life. Yes. Yes. And in in these types of relationships, it might even feel more heightened. Yeah, probably. You know, than if you were to leave just a standard relationship that you feel like you could just, where you're just like, both of you are kind of independent and you're just like, this isn't going to work out. But when you're in an abusive relationship, the levels are totally different. Without a doubt. Yeah. I think that, so we talked about, was it last week you talked about codependency? I can't remember. Um, no, it was when Dr. Taylor was here. Okay. That was a few episodes back. Yes. So when it comes to codependency, there are seven characteristics of codependency. Okay. I'd like to go through this just for just a moment because I think it sets us up for the context of why people leaving these relationships feel so incredibly guilty for things that really aren't their fault or okay. responsibility. Well, do you want to talk about like the psychology of guilt first? I'll get into that. that. Get into okay, that in so just you- a moment. <laughs> I think this this sets the stage. Sometimes when you talk to me like that, it's like 
just a moment. Like you're my, my professor boss. or something. Yes. And I'm like, what are you doing? You don't no, talk like man. this, Matt. No, no. I just, my, my brain, my brain works on these like uh, small tracks. And okay. if I get off the track, I'll never get back to it. Okay. That's cool. That's the reason. I just wanted that's to all. make sure you had a, um, a plan a, of some plan. kind. Yes. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. You might have to There's remind me structure. about the psychology of it all, but I'll okay. get there. Okay. All right. So seven characteristics of codependency. So Number one is distorted reality. So a codependent person is often blind to the ways in which they're being manipulated. We have talked about this in depth, actually. Um, sometimes codependent people even fear reality so they can hold on to habits within a relationship to stay disconnected from the reality. Mm. It becomes a very comfortable place at times. Yes. Um, number two, incorrect beliefs about responsibility. This is where we're really going to focus most of our conversation today. So codependent people often struggle with how much to give or receive in a relationship. Oftentimes they're giving far more than is being received. Mm -hmm. And they may, they, while they have expectations about how much they should receive, they don't hold anyone accountable to that. Right. And that's the imbalance of the relationship or power. Yes. And generally this person assumes it is their responsibility to make others happy, which can also cause them to think that others are responsible for making them happy as well. Since you can only be truly responsible for yourself, this type of relationship does not work. Trying to be responsible for someone other than yourself, one, keeps others from taking responsibility for themselves, two, keeps you from being responsible for yourself, three, creates resentment for being the responsible one all the time, Mm. and four, sort of a general point, it just leads you to taking yourself far too seriously, giving yourself no grace at all for anything. Yeah. Um, along with some of the other things, we're not gonna spend too much time here, but, uh, being manipulated, manipulating others, which is interesting. Try to fix people. Exactly. The fixer mentality, right? Hurt and anger. Another characteristic, um, while everyone feels hurt and anger, they're more common in a codependent person because their inability to say no. Mm -hmm. So they're often going to be dealing with this all the time because they're, they're going against what their values are. Yes. Um, so when it comes to guilt, The codependent's guilt is actually false guilt because they haven't done anything wrong. The codependent will describe the emotion as guilt. The codependent feels guilty about everything, what they did, what they didn't do, what they should have done. The feeling rarely goes away, which keeps them fueled to take care of others, but is a, but is way more of an obligation than a desire. Mm. It's an obligation you feel, not like I want to do these things. Yeah. You feel obligated to do it. Do you think that's more of like a fight or flight type response? Like you have to do this? Like since you're obligated to do it, you fear that there's going to be repercussions if you don't? I think it's a learned behavior. Okay. Which is, I think, perfect segue into the psychology of guilt and where it comes from. So, so keeping in mind the incorrect beliefs about responsibility in a codependent relationship where you have one person doing basically all the work Mm -hmm. and then this, this false guilt that is created because of that overwhelming sense that you're responsible for basically the happiness of yourself and everyone else around you, we, we get to the psychology of guilt. Like what is guilt? What is the biological basis of guilt? Is there an evolutionary basis for guilt, guilt is an emotion like any other. Yes. Neither good or bad right. in a sense. Right. But the context of guilt very much matters. Yes. There is guilt that comes, that is derived from breaking your values. Okay. So if you value honesty, stealing would cause some guilt inside of you mm-hmm. because that wasn't an honest thing to do. Like what are, we talked about this, like you've got a really good handle on just natural guilt. And I think you've got a great 
barometer for when you're bleeding into unnatural or false guilt, if you will. It took a long time to have that, but okay. But you've always had strong values, and as a result, you've always felt guilt the right way. Okay. For someone that doesn't have strong values, for someone that's in their 40s and they're just discovering, oh, I'm supposed to have values? What are those? Mm -hmm. And they're just now figuring it out. They're going to be weeding through this from the back end and figuring out, oh my God, like a lot of my guilt was the result of manipulation from other people. A lot of it comes from childhood. Mm -hmm. So if you were raised in a home where you had a parent that made you responsible for their emotions in some ways, a manipulative parent, maybe a narcissistic parent, overbearing parent of whatever you, whatever. I think people kind of know where I'm going with this. Right. The, the child will often feel responsible for those emotions, overly responsible for those emotions, and mm-hmm. will feel guilty when others aren't happy. Yes. It's like when codependency forms. A lot of it is in early childhood development. Mm-hmm. But it can also occur later in life in trauma bonds as well. Yes. In a trauma bond, we've talked about this in depth. If you haven't listened to the episode on trauma bonds, check that out. The relationship, I mean, this this conversation will make much more sense. Yes. Uh, in a trauma bond, you are... You are bound to someone else via trauma and the relationship is only as good as your willingness to bend your values to give into this person. Yeah. You get stuck in the cycle of being picked up and praised where you get this dopamine kick Mm -hmm. and then put back into the place where they want you, which is where they're controlling you. Yeah. And it just repeats itself over and over and over and over. You will be feeling guilty for things that are not your fault Mm -hmm. or not your responsibility that have nothing to do with you, could not have changed these things. Yeah. They make no difference to you. That's so the false guilt. So in some ways, I think that guilt is, while it is a natural emotion, I think that it it, it, it matters in the context of where it's, you were raised and what you believe in and what you hold right. as your values. It's about your culture and your family and sometimes exactly. your religious upbringing is what it is. Like some, it, it's somewhat of a conditioned emotion. Exactly. That's a better way to put it, a conditioned emotion. Because if someone is raised in a culture where they have to hunt to survive, like they're not going to look at an animal suffering from a death nearly as bad as like we would. Yeah. Because it's just, even though we eat animals, we don't see that every day. Right. So to us, it would, it would, we feel more guilty for yes. them. It's like, this is how I survive. I don't feel guilt for this. Like mm-hmm. I value the animal's life, but for me, this is survival. Yeah. It's different. Right. It's equal, equal stimulus, equal response, different feelings about the guilt itself. Mm-hmm. So in the context of these codependent um, or, addicted relationships where there's trauma bonds present guilt isn't created equal right healthy guilt is when you know that you've done something wrong and you're able to see it clearly and you're able to have accountability for your actions and try to make it right so can you think of a health healthy guilt that you felt based on how you've treated me in the past and what you've done to correct it absolutely yeah when i became like when i became truly aware of the extent to which I emotionally abused you over those years and years and years, I had real guilt, like real guilt, because that's not, that's not one of my values. One of my values is honesty, integrity, it's compassion and love. And it's, it's being there for you in particular, mm-hmm. like our relationship has its own values. And one of our relations, you know, the values of our relationship mm-hmm. is authenticity. And I wasn't allowing you to be authentic. And I had a ton of guilt whenever I went back and looked at my behavior over the time. Yes. It was healthy though, because I could acknowledge where it was coming from. I knew why I had the guilt. Yes. I knew what I could have done differently. Mm -hmm. And it was very obvious. Like I had done wrong when there was a right. Yes. There was right and wrong. It was very clearly defined what right and wrong were. Yeah. And I didn't do the right thing. And I had guilt for that. Right. 
That's and healthy then, guilt. And then you owned it. It's just like if I you, took accountability for yeah. it. Let's say you miss somebody's birthday and you're like, oh, I feel guilty for this. So what do you do? You make it right. You apologize to them. You say, I'm so sorry. And maybe you get them a special gift or something and say, look, I, I apologize. I, I hope I can't, I won't do this again. You know, mm-hmm. I know it made you feel a certain way. It's healthy guilt because you know that you did something wrong. This false guilt or this unhealthy guilt is whenever you can't really pinpoint what it is that you did wrong. It's basically what somebody else is telling you that you did wrong. Yeah. That's a great distinguishment you made just right there. Say it again. It's whenever it's somebody else is telling you what you did is wrong, but you can't pinpoint exactly what it is you did that's wrong. So true guilt comes from a lack of internal integrity. I have violated my own personal values and false guilt is a learned response that's triggered by something outside, a demand that we didn't meet based on someone else's expectation. Yes. Not necessarily how we feel. Right. Which is interesting because- in these relationships, you can become guilty for all kinds of things oh, yeah. that you don't even value, right. but you are made to feel like you are less than and wrong for not doing these things. Yes. And then people will internalize that mm-hmm. and question that. Like we've talked about empaths before on this show yeah, and how these incredibly empathetic people feel what others are feeling. And then some others go a step further to make themselves responsible for those feelings. Mm-hmm. And they often end up with these people, these personalities, these addicted people, these abusive people that dominate and control. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of nature's sickest jokes. I mean, it really is like, it's terrible. I think a lot of relationship issues in the world can be fixed. If nature had some like, like sort of trick that didn't allow that to happen, Mm -hmm. but it does. Yeah. So here we are. Right. But I think you made a, a, a great distinguishment is that false guilt is in a lot of ways, it's unreasonable and it doesn't come from where we can't even see where we've been wrong. For healthy guilt, it's like, okay, there was a right. I did something wrong. I see it clearly. I can take accountability. Yeah. I can move on. So for me, I will throw out there what I have felt guilty about and how I treated you back in the day. Um, I was a very critical person. That was one of my toxic traits that I had. And I made you feel a certain way. And it affected you long term as well. So I had the guilt of how it made you feel. So I owned it. I acknowledged it. I apologized and I changed it. That's where healthy guilt comes into play. And I knew exactly what I did and how I can make it better. So this false guilt, we're going to like really dig deep into this. Yeah. So false guilt, let's just give a, a, an, an example for false guilt. Let's say that you're in a relationship with someone who's incredibly abusive and they've been abusive for basically the entire time that you've known them in some way. Mm -hmm. And when we define abuse, we mean someone that chronically mistreats or devalues you. Yeah. Not saying just hitting or not physical physical, necessarily chronically devalues. What did I say? Chronic devalues or, Oh my gosh, my brain just blanks. See what I mean? If I don't, if I'm not right on the point, then it just disappears. (laughs) My God. That's okay though. Either way, if someone's abusing you, um, and they have been for a very long time, you, you will do what you feel is right at certain times and you will be made to feel guilty for this. Yes. The false guilt comes from them, their criticism. It comes from their manipulation, their manipulation, how they spun the narrative and, mm-hmm. and, and used um, these convenient facts, quote unquote, against you. And it leads to you blaming yourself, yep. but it's unreasonable. There's nothing you could have done differently. Mm-hmm. It is a projection of their own feelings yes. and it has nothing to do with you and your values of right or wrong. This is never more evident than whenever you're in a relationship with an alcoholic or an addict. And let's just get cut to the chase here about this is that there's nothing that you can do or say that is going to stop them. Yeah. 
There's nothing you can do or say that's going to make them start either. Right. There's nothing like Paige. You can do nothing back then to stop me from doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. All you could do is take care of yourself. Yes. And when you did that, lo and behold, I you saw. started waking up. I woke up. Yeah. But to this day, there's nothing that you could do that would mm-hmm. cause me to drink or use. Right. I could leave. I could cheat on you. I could do all, all the of these things. Yeah. And it's not, it's not an excuse for you to go and use. No, it's not an excuse. No. That would be a decision I made. Right. You would have false guilt if you felt responsible for me doing that. Yep. As as I told you, I did this. I used and I I started drinking because I couldn't stand the thought of you with someone else. Mm-hmm. That's manipulation and that is not true. Right. I am relieving myself of the responsibility of doing what's best for me and giving it to you so mm-hmm. that you can feel guilty for it. Yeah. It is Even though false I should guilt. feel guilty because those I mean, are all wrong things to do. But my response but to you, those things. Your response to them, that right there. My response yes. to those things in this context, in the yes. context of guilt, just guilt. This We've talked how, about reactive abuse and other things. How complex these situations this is, are. This is talking about guilt. So if you were, if you leave a relationship with an abusive alcoholic or an addict and they, you start to feel all these, these emotions, these guilty emotions that a lot of times they portray on you, which mm-hmm. is. I'm never going to figure this out now because you left me. I have no purpose anymore. Um, you've completely ruined my life. I have no reason to get sober. Why would I ever get sober if you're not around? Mm-hmm. All these things, like all the things. And then you will feel like, well, oh my God, how could I do this? How can I walk away? Yeah. Like it's bad enough to leave a healthy relationship and feel guilty. Yeah. People are going to feel guilty in irrational ways and ways we necessarily shouldn't. What could I have done differently? Like empaths are so introspective. Codependents are so introspective and in looking at their part in things mm-hmm. way too freaking hard. We go hard. too far. Way too hard. We'd go to the lengths of where we are not taking care of ourselves at all. No. Anymore and you have completely absolved the other person of mm-hmm. all responsibility. They have here. Yes. Yes. All responsibility. They yes. have. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I do have experience here. I do, and not with not with Paige, but you know, I have more than one person in my life other than Paige. <laughs> we have other relationships. <laughs> yeah, we have not, not plenty of other relationships, yeah. and I've been in relationships where this is the case, where I've been in a relationship with somebody for a very long time, and there has been this power dynamic that was, um, you've got one person in power, one person with more control than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the ass end of that, yes. and there's been abuse because of it. I have been manipulated and I have been left to feel guilty when I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And it has been a long time unwinding this stuff. And it's incredibly painful. And there are moments where you will take action to do what's best for you. And on paper, it all makes sense. You're writing yes. it out. Yes. Okay. This is good for my mental health because this is safe for my family because this is the right thing to do because my therapist even agrees. The community agrees. Everyone in my circle agrees. But at the end of the day, when this person lets me know that I made them feel bad, I feel like a piece of you know what? Yeah. I feel horrible. Yeah. I feel like I've done the wrong thing. I'm better than that. I should be the bigger person. I need to squash it. No, no. I know it's hard, but you have to tell yourself, you have to rationalize this stuff. And that's why it's important to have mm-hmm. a therapist or a community or a mentor yes. or a coach or someone around you to Telling remind you that you of you're not things. crazy, that it's okay. But you're going to gonna feel away. it. You're going to feel all these you things. Are. You're going to feel crazy. You're going to feel okay. like you're wrong. But we're to help. We're here to tell you that it is okay to feel this way, but it's also false guilt. It's false guilt. There it is such a thing. There is such a thing. It's a thing. Like we tell people to trust their gut all the time and they don't know the difference between, well, I feel guilty. So I need to do what my guilt is telling me to do. 
But in reality, your gut is telling you to do the hard thing because you know, deep down what you're doing is really important for your own protection. That's a great rule of thumb. And that's a freebie I want to throw out here is I've always told people this very thing is that Mm -hmm. the right thing is generally the most difficult thing. The thing you feel like when people say I trust in my gut here, Mm -hmm. it's the, there's, there's two parts of that. Mm -hmm. There's the part of your gut that this is the easy way. Don't trust that part. Yeah. Do the more difficult thing. Yes. Do the, do the hard thing. Do the quiet voice. The quiet voice is always the correct voice. Yeah. Like in my life, in my experience, and everyone I've ever worked with, it tends to be the case. It's the thing we don't want to do mm-hmm. that we know is right. We can't even really quite ascertain why it's right, but mm-hmm. we just know that that's the right thing. Yeah. But damn it, it's going to ruffle feathers and it's going to rock the boat and I'm going to have to defend myself. And there's a whole set of fears associated with that. It's, it's terrible, but it's usually the quiet thing. The gut intuition to intuition is usually, it's that quiet little bitty voice inside there. Yeah. And you're going to try and justify this guilt through all different things. You're going to say, oh, they have a disease. Oh, they have childhood trauma. Oh, they just can't help how they are. Oh, they treated my, me that way because they were drunk or high. Um, And I know I just said that they had childhood trauma, but I'm also going to throw out there that some people make the justification of saying that they have unhealed trauma Mm -hmm. and that's why they feel guilty for making them feel uncomfortable. I just want to say that that is, it's, it's a slap in the face to you for people who have actually healed their trauma and have gone through the hard things and have not made their trauma an excuse to treat others poorly. Yeah. Like, I I don't know at what point we allow other people to treat us like crap because they have trauma. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You have trauma. You can totally keep doing all that stuff. Right. You should have said that to begin with. I didn't know that. Next time, open up with that so I can let you kick my ass for 10 more years. Right. I had unhealed trauma and I was starting to trickle it into my children, into my husband, into people around me because I didn't know what to do about it. But I didn't make it an excuse to treat others poorly. Yeah. I got help. I decided to heal the trauma and you can heal your trauma. Your partners have the opportunity to heal their trauma. It is not an excuse to treat others poorly. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever said this out loud before, but a lot of the time, so I, I have a ton of compassion for addicts and alcoholics. Yeah, I do and too. I, and I, I always will, because I remember what that helpless state felt like where you can't imagine life with or without your substance. And you're like, what do I do? You consider just killing yourself. You consider yes. just ending it all because yes. you don't know what else to do. Right. And like I, I have compassion for that. And I, every day in some way, I reach my hand out to someone struggling and I help them through that. So I want to preface what I'm about to say with that. But yeah, it really gets under my skin when I see people making excuses for addicts and alcoholics because I lived through all that crap. And whenever you say they can't recover because of X, Y, and Z, what you're saying is that my recovery isn't important. It didn't right. happen. And, and it doesn't mean anything. It. And that mm-hmm. I didn't suffer. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't deal with all this stuff too. I check every effing box. Every single one. Trauma? Yep. Got it. Abuse? Yep. Got it. Unresolved anxiety, fear, um, you name it. It's all there with me mental health issues, diagnosable ones, really. I've got all kinds of stuff. Every one of them I've got. So when you say that they can't do it, but I did, what what you're saying to me is that, oh, you're different, you're special. No, I I walked through that same mud. It can be done. And you did. It it can be done. So yeah, it, it gets under my skin a little bit when I see people making those excuses because I did it. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, chopped liver over here? Like, I did right. all those things. It's possible. So don't say that that's the reason they're not recovering. Right. It can be effing done if you want to do the work. Right. Most people don't want to do the work and say that. 
say that. I It gets under my skin so bad when someone says, I can't. Mm-hmm. I want to throw a chair at them. Like, I know. Don't don't say you can't. Tell it me you won't. Me too. Say you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Say that's too much right now, mm-hmm. but don't say you can't because it can be done. And I'm walking proof of it. Right. I'm not special. I just did the work. Right. So when so whenever other people say that they can't because of XYZ, because they had childhood trauma, because they were abused, we all have. Every one of us that have recovered have dealt with that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it can be done. Like you're you're right. you're negating the experiences of people that have walked through this. And you're, once again, you're, you're giving too much credit to this person that is being manipulative. You're giving too much credit to this person that doesn't want to do this stuff and they'd rather make excuses and they'd rather you feel guilty for asking them otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I, that stuff drives me nuts. Sorry for the rant. You went on that rant. I literally put on here rant because I was going to go on the rant, but you did it for me. Thank you. Why are you apologizing? Because I didn't ever want to derail the podcast or like make some sound clip that's going to get me roasted. No, I think that it's important because like I said, that's unjustified guilt. Yeah. And we don't need to feel guilty because somebody has, we don't need to feel guilty about leaving a situation because somebody has trauma and you feel like, I think you might feel like you're going to give them more trauma. Do you feel like that could be part of the guilt process? Absolutely. Like you, so because you know their story, you know how much they've been through and you're like, well, I'm just adding on to it. Right. But you're not, you're not, you're not, they're adding on to it with their failure to to recognize the problem and do something about it. You are completely absolving them of responsibility of what it is to be a human. Right. And what it is to grow and change and right. what it is to challenge yourself. Okay. You've absolved them of the responsibility of being an adult. Yeah. Don't forget that we have consequences for our actions. Yeah. And it sucks being the one because you are, you are going to be someone they view as they are someone that caused me a consequence. Yes. That, and there's guilt associated with that. You yes. feel terrible for that. But time, education and healing will make you see this so much clearly, like yeah. so much more clear. And you will be able to release that guilt eventually. And you're not a bad person. I think if it's anything, it's confirmation that you are an amazing person, yeah. that you are such a caring and compassionate person, but you're also a person that completely disregards themselves yes. and what matters for you. You and matter like, too, it's, damn it. It's so hard to do that. And like, I know how it feels. Mm-hmm. I know how it feels to mm-hmm. completely disregard what's important for you because you're so used to taking licks for people. Yeah. You're so used to stepping in and saving people. You're so used to apologizing for people. Like I know I've done the same thing for people in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to finally stand up and be like, no, it's not right. The first time you do it, you're going to feel like the, you're going to, I, so I don't want to say the words. I don't try not to curse, but you're, you're going like to feel like a POS. You're going to feel terrible. Did you say you try not to curse? Yeah. Cause I'm bad about that. <laughs> we do that. That's just what we do. Authenticity I do it too wins, much though. Baby. Too much, too much. Anyway. You do kind of cuss a lot. And, and I don't know who's listening in the car or whatever, but anyway, you were going to feel like the biggest POS the first time that you do it. You will. And it's the reaction you get is going to confirm. It's going to suck that suspicion that I'm a POS because they are going to lose it on you. Yep. They're going to send you nasty texts. Yep. Um, they're going to guilt trip you, guilt trip you and shame you and tell you that you've ruined everything. Yes. I'm sure some people experienced this over the holidays mm-hmm. where they didn't let someone show up and they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Not doing it this year. Mm-hmm. And their kids probably asked them, well, where's so-and-so? Why aren't they here? Mm-hmm. And they put you in the position to have to answer all those questions. And yep. then you feel like if I just would let him be here, it, wouldn't, it would be so, I, it would much, be so easier. much easier. But don't forget, 
Don't forget the point of the boundary is to protect your values. Remember, you don't value this crap. Right. That's why it bugs you in the first place. Cycles as well. It's breaking cycles for you and your children. Yeah, man, never forget that. There's little kids around. Right. Don't don't ever forget that. The hard things that you do now to break cycles are going to be imperative for your children. Yeah. So what about the guilt that comes with leaving somebody and you're afraid that they're going to die or lose everything or, you know, become homeless or lose their jobs? You know, how does that come into play? Don't let fears turn into guilt. And I tell people this all the time. Don't let your fear turn into guilt. So those are rational fears to have for someone that uses a dangerous drug or does something really risky like that. Right. You have compassion for them. But you're not responsible for those things. You're not responsible. And I need you to know that this is coming from an addict, a drug addict. Like I was full blown as bad as they get drug addict and alcoholic as well, is that there's nothing that you could have done that would have changed that for me. Mm-hmm. In fact, what you did got me better. Right. So there's a chance that you could actually get better if mm-hmm. you lay down the law. Well, yeah, but also it could, but you wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. You wouldn't have changed anything. You can look back and you could, what if, and think about all the scenarios that could have been different. Let's say that this person does, let's say that, you leave and they they use and they get a hold of some some bad powder of some kind and it's got some fentanyl in it or whatever and they OD. Mm-hmm. Are you responsible for that? No. You might feel responsible for that, yeah. but are you responsible for that decision? Right. When we all wake up, we are all we all have the same opportunity for decision making. Yes. Unless I guess you're incarcerated or something. Right. But you've got the same opportunity for decisions. Mm-hmm. I can make a decision that benefits me or is to my detriment. One of the, one of the two, you're not responsible for other people's decisions. They come from within Yes, addicted or not disease or not. You're not responsible for those decisions. Yeah. Who made you responsible for them? Right. Tell me who, like at some point, did you sign an agreement that says I'm responsible for your decisions? No, but their partners will make them feel like they're responsible for Just because that because they're going to the, blame them all day long. You're the reason I do drugs. You're the reason I do this. It's not You're true. the reason I abuse not you. True, You're though. the reason I'm mad. You're the reason I'm not happy. But we know from the outside, from the other side, that that is not true. I just need people to know that's not true. Like right. that's an, it's, a, it's a common excuse. It's a common reason. It's a common justification. It's a common projection, mm-hmm. but it is not true. Yeah. It's not a fact. It's not. It's not a fact. That's not true. We all have stress in life. We all have things that are tough in life. Mm-hmm. We will all experience death in some way. Mm-hmm. We will all experience loss, grief, you name it. These things are part of life. You yeah. are not responsible for everyone's response to the things that we all have to go through. Yeah. You're not responsible for them. Right. At the end of the day, we are responsible for those things. Yeah. And you could have guilt, but just know that that's a false guilt and that it's not, it's not valid. Mm-hmm. Even well, though I mean, it's valid, but it's, it's not. a valid emotion, but it's, right. it is not, re- it is not true. Right. Yeah. And what about, you have done nothing wrong. What if people have guilt of trying to make changes and they want to leave or they want to set boundaries, but shit just keeps hitting the fan within their relationship or within their partner's life. And they, you know, feel like they can't make a decision to leave right now because they're oh, okay. feel guilty. So let's so, say, so let's say your relationship's in a place where things done. are not good. And let's like say that you're you've, you've been listening to Tufo for the last year and like you're, you're about to make the leap, which is like, I can't be in this relationship right. anymore. But before you do, something happens in their life. Like they just lost their job. Like they or, lost their job or some family member might pass away or just, you know, life happens and you feel like you can't make that decision. Now I feel like this happens so much in life. Like whenever you feel so strong and you feel like you're on top of the world and you feel like everything, like you're about to do something so badass, what shit hits the fan 
and it makes you feel it's like a test. I tell people this all the time. It's like they're testing what you've learned and what, how you can actually apply it in your life. And it pisses people off because they're like, I don't want to be tested. I've been tested enough in my life. And I'm like, that's what this life teaches you though, that life is always going to happen. Something is always going to happen. So there's never a right time to do anything that is difficult. That's what I was going to say. You answered it right then. Like there's can, no think about a diet. We can all find reasons not to start the diet. Yeah. We can all find reasons. Oh, well, Jimmy starts um, theater class this week and it's going to be a little hectic around here. So we'll do it next week. The next week, what happens? Oh, well, so-and-so got sick. Yeah. There's always going to be something. Yep. It's a matter of how you prioritize your self-care. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying essentially is that you don't prioritize yourself. You're once again prioritizing them. Remember yes. when we went back to that, yes. those those characteristics of codependence. Right. And we talked about the overbearing responsibility for others. Yes. It's, once again, that's it's evident. Like You can separate the true from the false. And I think we'll put a link for the characteristics of codependency because I think it's important for people to be self-aware about it. Yeah, I agree. To, to acknowledge these things and be like, crap, man. And hey, full disclosure, I can see myself in all seven. Yeah. Every one of them. Absolutely. And some other ones that are on a different page as well. Like I've got, yeah, I've got it too. So I'm not like, I'm not pointing at anybody. Please yeah, don't Matt, ever get that impression. You are not just an addict. You are a codependent. Absolutely. I am. And which is why, I mean, it's easy to talk about. I know, Right. <laughs> But yeah, um, there's always going to be some justification, some reason that you're going to not do these things. And you can have compassion for people's struggles, but still put yourself first. So it's okay. It doesn't make you cruel. It doesn't make you a cruel person. No. And just because someone says it doesn't mean it's true. Right. Just because someone says something doesn't make it so. Yep. So how can you get through the guilt? Like if, cause it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that now that we've kind of educated you, we can help you get through the feelings and let you know that there are stages. I wanted to talk about the stages of grief. Cause I think that has a lot to do with this. Yeah. I think that this concept is wrapped into the stages of grief. I think that mm-hmm. grief is sort of like the overarching concept here. I think that guilt and shame are sort of under this umbrella a lot of times of grief because we're grieving the loss of a relationship, the loss of a dream, the loss of this, this life that we had that we imagined in many cases. And the grief of what could be. Yeah, absolutely. So the state there originally, I think it was, weren't there five, I think in, let's see, there were originally five stages of grief in 1969. A lot of people are familiar with those, but they've been expounded upon. Uh, so the seven stages of grief now. Okay. So it's denial, right? Pain, mm-hmm. anger, depression, what they call the upward turn, mm-hmm. reconstruction, and then acceptance. Yeah, and guilt is in the pain. pain. So then that's step two, and that's really difficult. early on in the process. Very okay? early in the process. Th- this is the stage where you'll be, you'll hear people wishing it had been them or expressing remorse. Or saying like, I could have done this different. I could have been there. I could have done, you you name it. This is probably about the stage where you want to go back this too is, because you want to get rid of the pain. This is the bargaining stage in the previous mm-hmm. development, the, the, the five stages. This is the, the bargaining stage. Yeah. But really it's about learning to embrace and accept the pain. Pain is part of grief. Yes. All these things are a necessary part of the process of grief. So in therapy, I love this quote, emotions buried alive never die. Hmm. Anytime you bury an emotion alive and never address it and truly deal with it and experience it from the beginning all the way to the end, it's coming back one day. Yes. And it's going to come back times 10. It's just like we've talked about putting stuff on a credit card 
Yeah. You have to pay that one day with interest. It's right. going to be worse. It's going to pop up in some other way. But if you look at these emotions at not as not good or not bad, just are in a non-judgmental way, it's easier to get through them because you accept them. Grief, yeah, and guilt, they're painful emotions. Absolutely painful. So freaking painful. And there is, listen, we don't have an answer how to make it go away. I don't because have. Because you're not supposed to make it exactly, go away. Exactly. Like there, there's no trick. Like, oh, hey, try this. Try a cold plunging. Try no. saunas. No, there's no way to make grief go away. There's no right. way to make guilt just go away. But when it comes to this false guilt that is created, mm-hmm. there is a way to rationalize through that yes. where you can look at the true story right. and say, okay, I can recognize that I'm feeling guilt and that's valid. You are feeling yes. it. That is true. Yes. But is it, is justifiable. it true justifiable guilt? Mm-hmm. Is it something you could have done different? Did you violate one of your values right. in doing this? And what you'll come to see is no, I'm just feel bad that they can't figure it out. And I feel responsible mm-hmm. for it. And that's fair. That's okay. Yeah. But that's why it's important to have a coach or a therapist or a community a group of people that you can talk about this stuff. Well, they're going to accept this stuff in a non-judgmental way and understand what you're going through. Yeah. But you're going to have to go through it. You're going to have to experience it from the beginning Absolutely. all the way to the end. Yes. There is no off button y'all. And the guilt and the, a lot of these feelings too, they're going to come back and forth too. It doesn't necessarily, Oh, I felt all the it's guilt. I'm done with that. No. Yeah. No, sometimes you'll do something or you'll go through something and that guilt will pop back up, but it may not be as strong as it was before. And you're able to see it more clearly. That is why part of this, I tell people when Whenever they do leave a situation that's toxic, go non-contact, no contact for at least 90 days. There's a 90 day rule to where you do not talk with this person. You do not communicate with them and you're able to see things in a different light. And that's, what's going to help you get through all of those stages. And you're going to need to heal at that time, educate yourself, do a lot of self care, go to therapy, focus on yourself, you know? Um, because if you don't allow yourself, if, if you allowed yourself to contact this person again, it's going to be more difficult to get through all of these emotions that you feel are uncomfortable Yeah, because you will try, they will try to reel you back in yes, in they certain will. ways. Like there's going to be so many guilt trips. There's going to be so many different, that's so unhealthy. Guilt trips are very unhealthy in relationships, in healthy relationships. You just don't do that to people. I don't think, I don't feel like we've ever actually guilt tripped each other. Nope. You know, I can never think of a time I, because I don't feel like that's appropriate in a healthy relationship. But if you have somebody who's guilt tripping you, that is a red flag. That means that what you're doing is appropriate. Sorry if I spit on you. <laughs> <laughs> Not on me. <laughs> I meant the listeners as I just. Like, <laughs> so let's let's go through this just really quickly. This is like when talking about like, how do you identify this? What do you do about it? What are some solutions? This is a quick way you can identify, okay, am I having false guilt or is this real guilt? Mm-hmm. So it's probably real guilt if you know exactly why you feel this way. Yes, it's if clear. It's, if it's very clear to you. Yeah. Let's I said that at the beginning. Yeah. So let's stick with that. Okay. So if you feel fully responsible and accountable for what happened mm-hmm. and be honest about that, yeah. honestly answer that question. Right. Do you feel fully responsible and accountable for what happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not fuzzy. Yeah. Can you see the entire cycle of actions from beginning to end? Mm. Can you see this thing as a big picture? Mm -hmm. If you can, and you're at the center of it, that's real guilt. Okay. That's something I've done wrong. I feel Mm -hmm. guilty for something I've done wrong. And that's something that you've actually dealt with really well. Yeah. But you didn't get that way until you were, you know, clear headed and got help. Yeah. Okay. And also, so if the guilt is resolved by facing or stopping the behavior Mm -hmm. and taking relevant 
appropriate amends. Yes. So if, once you've made amends, does it right. stop? When you change your behavior. Most of the time, guilt does. Yes. Like you can apologize to someone like, listen, I, what I did was, like I always say that a proper apology has, was it three parts? What I did was wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel badly that I've hurt you. Mm-hmm. What can I do to make this right? Yeah. Amends are an action. Yes. What can I do to make this right? Most people are just going to say, I just want you to listen to me and let you, I'll let you know how I felt about it. And I love you. And then you give each other a huge hug and you're good. And it feels, you feel that, that, that feeling of resolution in your belly. Yeah. Like, I, I've made that right with them. We're, we're okay. You might still feel a little bad about it, mm-hmm. but it's different than false guilt. Yeah. So it's probably unreasonable or false guilt if you feel stuck or trapped, mm-hmm. especially if you have no alternatives. If you feel like you're obligated to do this, yeah. not necessarily in the context of these types of relationships, I have to stay and be miserable and lose everything I've ever wanted in life because if I don't, then he's going to lose it. Mm-hmm. That is unreasonable guilt. That is false guilt. You don't feel fully responsible or accountable. If you're not fully responsible or accountable, then who is, right? We all have a part in things, but sometimes this is mixed. Yeah. In this type of relationship, you're going to have a much smaller part right. than the abuser. Right. Someone who is mistreating and devaluing you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're protecting someone else's feelings, mm-hmm. oftentimes this mm. is false guilt. Yes. That's the big one for me. Yes. I can recognize. <laughs> I feel, and I mean, I feel it. I know how you guys feel. Like you feel mm-hmm. like the lowest person. And the first thing you want to do is apologize. I'm sorry I've made you feel this way. I'm sorry I've caused this. I'm the reason for it. But what I'm really doing when I'm doing that, I'm I'm just protecting their feelings of having mm-hmm. to face the music of their behavior and accountability and take accountability because yeah. it's easier for me. It's, it's so much easier to have peace. Yes. And I've been the person I have, I got broad shoulders. I got big quads. I can hold a bunch of weight and I can take punches. I don't mind it. I can take pain. I've been doing it my whole life. So yeah, if you need to beat me up to feel better, I'm okay with that. Like I've been that person for a long time in my life mm. and I've just been okay with it. I've just become numb to it where, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm protecting their feelings because they can't handle it, but I can, but I can, mm. I get like this protector complex that comes up, yeah. like the savior complex almost. Mm-hmm. That's my codependency. Yeah. Um, if you've apologized, made amends, and yet you still feel guilty, mm-hmm. you should have never made the amends in the first exactly. place. So oftentimes <laughs> you're going to continue to feel guilty. Yep. Uh, and then you feel to blame. Mm-hmm. You might even feel like you need to be punished for it. Yeah. That is false guilt. Yeah. That comes from a place of this is a, this person or this family unit or this construct of whatever it is has created this toxic set of norms and values that you have to operate in. Right. And when you're, they're going to try to hold you to those things. Yes. It's comfortable for them. It's easier for them. Mm -hmm. It's much better to have you in this place Mm -hmm. than it is for them to have to face the music of their actions and to deal with things. So you're going to feel guilty. I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to feel terrible, but it helps being able to rationalize this stuff and to work with someone and to know that, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Whether that's in the community, which is totally free. um, Whether that's with a therapist, whether that's with a coach, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to have someone around you that is going to be able to help you distinguish the two. Yeah. Cause it's going to be muddy for a while yes. until you figure out your way and right. you learn to trust your instincts and your values and, and your gut again. Yeah. Journaling helps too. Yes. Journal everything. Journal, and, journal, journal. And don't just write it once. Go back and review it. Yeah. That's where you can see the growth. That's where you can really start to see this stuff. But, yeah. And you can see the patterns and yeah. see like, okay, when you felt guilty, what do you feel like you did in order to make you feel guilty? Like yeah. where's that coming from? Is it true guilt or is it false guilt? Yeah. So just because you feel guilty, doesn't mean it's true that you're a bad person. Um, it's just a thought. 
it's just a thought. It's just a thought. It's harmless. It's up there. It's just a thought. It's not reality. Feelings aren't facts. That's what Matt has always said. Yeah. But you are an amazing person who's incredibly empathetic, who watches over others. You are a caretaker. And so you were going to try to take that on. I'm going to challenge you not to do it, Mm -hmm. not do it. And it's going to feel so icky and uncomfortable and you're going to feel so guilty for it, but you have to know in your heart of hearts that you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And if it feels difficult, it's usually a good thing Yeah. because what comfortable usually gets you is more of the same yep. comfortable in this sense is the worst thing ever. Absolutely. If you're comfortable in this relationship, mm-hmm. that's a red flag, right? That's a bad thing, right? That means you're used to abuse. That right. means you're okay with it. And you've normalized it's it. not going away. Once again, mm-hmm. emotions buried alone, alive, never die. Right. They're coming back eventually. Mm-hmm. So if it's uncomfortable, just know that that's a sign of change, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It means you're challenging, you're challenging status quo. This is a good thing. You're making other people accountable for things. Yes. Not by force, but just by making them look at the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. These are good things. Yes. And then, but these are painful things. Yes. And then with time and with healing, you will be able to see the situation for what it really is. And you're going to recognize what you've done and how powerful it is to get yeah. through that. Yeah, just think of think of a, a day whenever you're you're able to trust your emotions again. Yeah, and just, how great would that be? Yeah, <laughs> how great would that be? Yeah. Right? Yeah, to know in your heart of hearts, like, okay, but hey, this doesn't mean this person's going to change, though. I, I need people to know that that you're probably never going to get validation from them. Uh, it's unlikely that they're going to wake up and be like, you know what? I'm sorry that I did those things to you. This is just who they are. This yeah. is how they've they, they've constructed their reality and yep. and what is expected of you. Mm-hmm. That's just how things are. Like. No contact, not talking to these people, um, distancing yourself is the only way that you're ever going to be able to trust yourself again. Yeah. The, the longer that they're around, the more chances they have to manipulate and make you feel guilty for these things and, right and, and take advantage of your compassionate nature, the more they're going to do it. Yeah. That's just what they do. Right. It's what they do. Yep. So. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. I don't think we mentioned the course. Uh, we'll, we'll have an ad. They've already heard it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we re-recorded this like three times. Yeah. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll get it in here. So yeah, again, so we've, we've got our course that we're incredibly proud of. Um, it is designed to walk spouses and partners through their recovery journey. It is a self-paced course. It is thorough as it gets. Mm-hmm. I know nothing else like this out there in the world. It comes from someone that's worked through it page. It comes from someone that has worked through it in some other ways and mm-hmm. other types of relationships. Me also through the addiction piece, me, mm-hmm. and you've got research back clinical perspectives from Dr. Taylor. Yep. This is, this is the whole thing wrapped into one. Yep. And I think from a value perspective, like it's, there's value, like you're using our, our discount code, um, wheelie 75. Yep. I mean, that is, it's not a small investment. Don't get me wrong. Like I understand the gravity of that number for people. I totally get it. Like, uh-huh. And there's no requirement that says like, if you follow the show, you have to do it. You don't. No, it's just, it's just another it's there, resource that we have for there people. for people that want to do it. that want to take that recovery to the next level that really want that more personalized approach to it. Yep. It's, it's there for you. So if you use a discount coupon, you know, wheelie 75, you think about what the cost of therapy is or the cost of coaching. It pays for itself pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Um, that's just a fact. Like you pay for yourself after four or five sessions. Yeah. It's, and you have it for a lifetime forever. Right. You get access to us. Any updates that we ever make to that course, anything we ever add, go straight in there. No extra costs, no charges. It's in there. Yep. And also coaching. We don't, I don't think we've ever really promoted our coaching. No. Um, mentorship coaching. Um, Paige and I do that. Um, it's available on our website, twofo.com. You can go on there and schedule with us if you'd like. Again, not a requirement. If you just want to be a listener, check out the free stuff. That's fine. Yeah. If you want, 
If you want to take your recovery to the next level, if you want to work with someone one-on-one, if you need some validation of some kind, mm-hmm. you schedule with us and talk to us and, and, and work through us. That's great. It's, it's an option. It's out there for you if you want to get really serious about your recovery journey, about learning, about becoming educated and empowered. Yes. It's out there for you. So I think that's all we've got. That's it. Okay. Well, until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.